What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of From Panel to Podcast. I'm Andrew Reiner, today joined by Phil Hoff. Hey, thanks for having me. I am so proud to be on the show for the first time. <laughs> this is episode six. Six? We're, we haven't uh, talked for that long about comic books, have we? Over a month. We've been going for well over a month. We haven't missed a week, and we're spending a lot more money. I don't know if we're going to be able to keep this up just because uh, we're both going to be poor because we're buying a lot of comic books. I'm just going to start selling my old stuff to buy the new stuff. It'll balance out in the end. We've gotten a lot of nice uh, questions from our listeners. One, Phil, you got, I believe, from rstein79 asking about uh, how we collect comic books and yeah. uh, to, to kind of go through that process. Why don't you start? You kind of go through uh, some of your beats. I um my entire collection process, I mean, if we really want me to sit down and break down my whole collection, I can get to that in a second. But I mean, as far as when I walk into a comic store, I've got my key titles that I always go to, which if you've listened to the show for six weeks, you know that I grab anything that has to do with Daredevil or Batman for the most part. If you follow me on Twitter, you definitely know that. And then I'll see just a bunch of random things that catch my eye, especially if it's almost like if it's horror related um, or just in some of those other weird subgenres where it's it's not necessarily superhero-y. I do enjoy good crime tale as well. So, I mean, that's how my buying process goes as I look out for those. Um, But then as soon as I read things, they all get stuck into a bag. And whenever boards are available, they get boarded up. I'm a very, very traditionalist, old school kind of a guy where all of my stuff is in long boxes and short boxes. And Andy, you know my OCD when it comes to comic books probably more than anybody else walking the entire earth. Um, everything is alphabetized, numeric. Um, I can find, if you ask me where such and such issue is, or if I have it, I can find it for you in approximately 15 seconds, just because it's all, it's all neatly organized. I think one of the bigger problems that R. Stein 79 was talking about is like having a difficult time keeping track of what he owns and what he doesn't own and what he needs. Yeah. Uh, so he's looking for a way of organizing lists and keeping track of the gaps in, in collections. One of the big problems we have today in comic books, especially, I I think both companies are guilty of it, Marvel and DC, is resetting numbers and being like, we're we're back to number one. Daredevil's back at number one. Venom, we just had a 30-issue run. We're going to have another, what is it, six to 12-issue run, and then it's going to reset again. So we've had three number ones within the span of five years, six years. And trying to organize all that stuff, keep all that stuff straight is really hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you and I have extensive collections of Batman, like you said, Daredevil. You just got to stay on top of it. And I keep it in a notebook, a, a physical notebook with pen and paper. I'm I'm a bit old school that way. So I keep a log and, I, and I'll put years on things like, you know, since the advent of these new series, I'll put a year on there. Like, yep. and then the writers, you know, who kind of kick that off. So, or, or, and the artists, you know, Donnie Cates on Venom. Those are ways to really kind of hone in on, on what you need in those collections, but it is a mess. Even keeping track of things like that, it's difficult. It's really hard to figure that out. What do you do, Phil? Uh, I, you know me. I used to be a pen and the paper guy. I'm kind of surprised that you haven't evolved. I've got entire sections on my phone in the in the notebook section where I've got things that are outlined and broken down by like series one, series two, series three. I uh, definitely have like side notes on different things of books that I'm looking for and books that I want. And as I get to them, I erase them. I'll also put like asterisks because I do a lot of eBay shopping these days too. So if I've got a bid on something or I want to bid on something and I'm waiting for, to, for it to arrive, I'll make a connotation next to it, like a little asterisk or something saying that it should be on the way. And a lot of it too, for me, is like 
it gets very deep and and you can get in over your head very fast by just trying to play catch up and like kind of scattershotting your way through things. Originally, when I started doing when I started heavily collecting comic books in the mid nineties, early to mid nineties, when I started becoming more of a completionist, I would I, I'd try to gap things out. Where, say, for example, Batman four ninety seven, which I believe was the start of Nightfall, actually, if I stop and think about it. But then it was like trying to get all of the Nightfall series and like knock that entire section out. Like I work through sections of a time or like storylines at a time to take care of or Detective Comics number 750 through 800 will be my focus for a small period of time. Just to try to get that all down to, to make that a little bit easier. And I just erase them as I get them or put check marks next to them as I get them back when I was old school. You were with me back in the days when I'd have literally notebook sheets that I carried in my wallet that were barely readable. And we'd sit down and start skimming our way through long boxes. And I would just like knock those things off. Uh, Every once in a while it bites you in the butt and you'll, you'll forget to cross something off and you'll end up with two issues, which you and I have countless issues that we like, who knows, but it's very, it's, you just have to have that mindset of being continually organized for when you're, when you're doing back issue hunting, especially, you know, one way I'm modernized, Phil is, I have my notebooks, but I'll take a picture of the pages mm-hmm. <laughs> and then have those in the notebook. Yeah. And I have on my iPhone, I have a folder for my images that are of comic books. And then mm-hmm. I have all those. And then I'll go in when I go comic shopping, I'll go in and I'll edit that image and cross it off using the markup. <laughs> pen. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's, it's, so I'm kind of digital. I should have like a collection app. I might look into that. Just for our listeners, take some of these digital apps for a test drive, see which one I like the most. I won't use them myself, but I'm going to, I love my system. I sit on the ground in my comic room with my pen and paper, and I'm going through issues, marking things up. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, It's old school, and I love it, though. So that's why I'm not changing. I will say that I recently discovered an app. I don't remember where or how I found it. It might have just been researching something else online. It's called Key Collector. And it will mark off like certain key issues. It'll like it'll notate that there's key issues. You can even type by superhero and it'll pop up like key issues of first appearances, deaths and things like that. And wow. you can mark if you have them, how many of them you have. It'll tell you what they're going for even on eBay for like a medium price for like a great condition, a good condition and a poor condition as well. I recently started messing around with that and plugging some of my stuff into there. And that seems like it's pretty slick and pretty streamlined. And I do believe it is a free app. And I think it's like every Monday or Tuesday, they'll put out a push notification of their 20 biggest movers that seem to be guy either moving up or down in the market as well. That's awesome. I might just take a look at that just to see what some of my comics are going for. Mm-hmm. It's always terrifying to to think of it that way. You know, these books that we paid 75 cents for way back in the day mm-hmm. are now worth hundreds. And here's the thing, protecting your comic books, very key. Yes. Extremely expensive over the years because <laughs> I bagged and boarded my comics in the 90s. Those bags are no longer good. You got to replace them if you want to keep your issues white. You know, if you want to keep the grade up on them, if that matters for you or not. Some of my collection is, you know, browning and and it's just that's just how it's going to go. I'm not going to change out everything. There's way too many to do that. Yeah. But I use BCW polymorph. What are they called? polyurethane or polypropylene that's what it is yeah polypropylene bags they're modern current for the the most recent books since what the 80s 70s -hmm. i can't remember when we switched from silver age but you can get those sizes and golden age sizes if you want them i use backwards as well yep and the back of those isn't that expensive either these days i want to say they're seven or eight dollars for a pack of a hundred yeah these are i would say these bags are lower end 
there's some that you can cut yourself on. There's, you know, they're that sharp and that, that thick. And they're stiff too. Yeah. And then when you get your comics graded, you got to send them in those. I mean, geez, like there's no way you could even bend that plastic. Like it's, it's heavy duty stuff. So look into all those options. If you have really rare books, you might want to get them graded, put them in those cases, the airtight cases. Otherwise, like I said, the BCW grade stuff is is good for your collections. Just know you're going to have to change them out, you know, decades down the road if you really want to keep them in good shape. I'm right now, Phil, working on my Silver Surfer collection. Yeah. I'm six issues away from having all of the second series. I don't have any from the first series. Ooh, that's going to be a it was pricey a limited, chase. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a limited run. It was only like 17 issues, but that predates my time. I love the Ron Lim, Ron Mars stuff. We talked about that. Yeah. Last week. We'll talk about it a little bit here today, too. But that's what I'm working on. What What's your collection right now? Uh, I am currently really heavily focusing. I shouldn't say really heavily focusing, but I really want to finish the first Daredevil series run of the original of the original 300. And I believe it was 82 issues. I'm missing maybe 60 at this point, all being before 100, which are more and more difficult to get your hands on. And of course, those first five to 10 are very pricey, but that's. Focusing between that and then filling in a lot of the gaps on the second volume of Daredevil as well, which kicked off with Marvel Knights. Those are the things that I'm focused on. I had a brief focus on getting all of Department of Truth, which I managed to pull off, and the final 10 issues of Something Killing the Children. I'm not chasing the first 10 yet, and I probably should now be for those things really skyrocket. You've knocked that one out of the park, which I am I got so two, impressed by. Yeah, I have issue one, and I have the variant of issue one now. I was talking to our today at our comic shop in Apple Valley. I was talking to the owner there mm-hmm. and I saw on their shelf, they had a something is killing the children for eight ninety nine, And I was like, wow, it's up to $900 now. And he's like, well, get this. We were just at a comic shop or a comic show yesterday. And there was a vendor there that had a 9.8 for $1,500. Jeez. I was like, wow. You know, and just think about this for our, our listeners. Since we did the first episode where we were talking about it or the second episode, it's gone up like $600. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Things get hot in comics and they take off. And I'll tell you this, when the Marvel Cinematic Universe really took root and when those Infinity films were coming online, Infinity War and all that stuff, comics went through the roof. Like seriously, like all comics, like people just started latching onto all these old issues. And Phil and I joke, it's like, we should go back in time before those Marvel movies, because we were always buying back issues, but we should have been buying some of those more expensive ones at the time. We're like $30, $50. Now they're thousands of dollars. Like it's unattainable. Like you said, some of these, some of these books, like the early daredevils. Well, and as you and I were talking pretty recently as well about the first appearance of, of uh, the spider clone and how that thing used to be in quarter boxes and now it's going for yeah. hundreds of dollars. And it's just like, <laughs> this thing used to be everywhere. Nobody wanted to touch it. But because of what the MCU has done for comic books, it's blown up. Same with the first appearance of Venom, Amazing Spider-Man number 300. Back when you and I were shinders hopping on a weekly basis in the early 2000s, you could you could grab that book for $20 on a good week. like, And it was everywhere. Every shop had it. Now it's upwards of six $700 for that thing. I went comic shopping with Ben Reeves on his last day at Game Informer. Mm-hmm. He's gone off to Firaxis. He's going to actually be working on Marvel Midnight Suns, that that new game that's coming out. Yep. He's going to be doing some some writing for that, which is just bonkers when I think about it. Because he started out as a Marvel intern, came and worked for us for 15 years, and now he's going to work on Marvel and XCOM and who knows what else. But he and I went comic shopping. 
I was telling him about something is killing the children and Department of Truth and all the books I like. And he's like, eh, I don't know. And we just kind of shopped around and he picked up something called Ice Cream Man. Okay. He's like, have you heard of this? And I was like, no. And it's an image comic book. And he's like, yeah, it's supposed to be really good. It's like horror related. And I was like, oh, so it's, I mean, it looks like it's just an ice cream man holding an ice cream cone on the cover of the first trade. And then you open it up and you're like, oh, this is pretty dark. And I was like, this is something I got to recommend to Phil. Yeah. So look up Ice Cream Man. I have not read through any of it yet, but supposedly it's amazing. There's like five trades already. Huh. And, uh, yeah, it, it looks good. Okay. I got a note of that. And this episode, by the way, we're just going to go all over the place. This is just going to be like uh, that last issue of X Lives of Wolverine that I read. <laughs> it's just not going to make a lot of sense in terms of flow. So apologies there. But another recommendation for you, Phil. Yeah. This comes from my girlfriend, Shelly. We were looking for a new show to watch, and we settled on something called Raising Dion. Never heard of it at all. And I'm like, okay, it seems interesting. Let's see what it is. It's a kid gets powers, right? Like superpowers. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a comic book show. I'm going to say we're now in season two. We're like 13 episodes into the show. We, we, we can't put it down. We love it. It's the best ongoing superhero show on TV. Really? Oh, bar none, in my opinion. Like, I love WandaVision and Loki, but those are all finite, right? Those are done. Yeah. I guess maybe it's more in the the ballpark of, you know, the DC shows and all that stuff that's going on. This has such great casting, such great characters. They do not pull punches at all. They They go places. And it's about a single mother who needs to hide her son's superpowers, so it's an origin story, and protect him as her husband, who passed away mysteriously. They, they, they think he drowned, but there's more to it than that. She's investigating what's going on there as her son is. I mean, he's like Superman with the powers he has. That's a little bit of a spoiler, but he, he has every type of power. It starts out where he can levitate things. But it goes all his his powers just kind of manifest in different ways. And he becomes like very dangerous because he can't control them. Right. Mm-hmm. And the show stars Michael B. Jordan. That's Mark. He's the husband who died. So he's more in like flashbacks. Again, I don't want to spoil too much. Alicia Wainwright is Nicole. Josiah Young is Dion. He's fantastic. And then it even has Jason Ritter in there as as a guy named Pat, who's kind of a friend of the family. And. This is like, it's like ground zero of new superheroes coming online. So he's like the first you see, but then there's a whole lot more going on and it goes into real world issues. It goes into racism, all these things. And I can't, I can't say enough great things about it. Like out of nowhere, I don't know why I didn't hear this as a comic book fan, maybe because there's so much out there. There's, I can't even stay on top of all the DC stuff. We kind of talked about that before. Or, or all the Marvel stuff, you know, it's just, there's, there's way too much out there, but if you're watching one show, I would say turn on Raising Dion. If you want a good ongoing show, it's on Netflix. It started October 4th, 2019. They're now, the second season's out there. They're eyeing the third season. I think they're saying it'll be next year, but it's just rumored, but I love it. You, you will not go wrong there. I think, I think it's uh, really clever in how it uh, rolls in superheroes and, and even comic books. Very uh, typical comic book conventions are right at on. the surface of this thing. And uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. 
I'll have to watch an episode or two, and I'll get back to you next week as two of my thoughts on it. But if you're rave, ranting and raving about it this hard, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and assume that it doesn't suck. Yeah, it's great. Another thing we love, Berserker. Yeah. Written by a Mr. Keanu Reeves. I've heard of him. Phil? Which for me is something when it comes to a celebrity. Um, Walk us through this. I you get a firm grasp of this. I do have a pretty firm grasp of Berserker. I've been on board since day one when you told me that Keanu Reeves was writing a comic book series. I was intrigued to see what he was going to bring to the genre. I got sucked into it pretty quickly as well, although I will say at first, it kind of just felt like he was a Wolverine or a Wolverine. I'm not going to say copycat, but something very similar. He's very, very hard to kill. In fact, as we discover, impossible to kill. But as the series unfolds, you discover it's about the character and him trying to learn where he came from, why he is the way that he is, because he's essentially an instrument of war that is just kind of brought in to destroy whatever's in his way. He was originally created, I don't know how spoilery we want to get into this, but to help protect a village from, from the people that were attempting to take it over, it was down in a valley and they knew that it was a key point or like a choke point that if they took it mm-hmm. over, the enemies took it over, they'd have free reign over the entire world. And so mom went into a cave, did some kind of a, a ritual to then be become the mother of the berserker. And it just keeps getting wilder and wilder. And you find out that he's in all of these huge wars that have transpired throughout the course of time. And they start to give you little nibbles and pieces as to of where exactly he came from, how long he's been around and what all he's, he's affected as far as like the carnage goes. And man, this book is bloody as hell. <laughs> yeah, the, the last issue, it's like, hey, look, there's a saber-toothed tiger. And you're like, oh, that's cool. And then you turn the page. It's like, oh, Berserker cut it in half. Yeah. No, what <laughs> just happened? <laughs> it's uh, it's nuts. Um, yeah, it's, and it's, it's Keanu Reeves writing himself as the ultimate badass. Yeah. Just put yourself into that mindset. Yep. It's all right. All right, the Berserker punches that guy's head off. Has sex with the this lady and three others at the other same guy, time. Saves the city, saves the world. Issue one done. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll like pull his corpse out, and he's got no hair left on him, missing two limbs, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah give me thirty six hours, and we can go ahead and drop <laughs> me into wherever I need to be next." Another book that just goes for it is Saga, and the new issues out. Uh, I think it's fifty six. I can't remember, but it's the the newest it's 56. issue. Fifty six. Fairly tame the most of the way through it. There's there's no nudity in this one. That's a bit of a spoiler, but um, no men uh, standing firmly, <laughs> not waving in the wind. You know what I'm saying? Like there, there's none of that. There's, but, there's no northern pointing compasses. Nope, none of that. But the last page has some dialogue that I was like, oh dear. It is so over the top and gross and just, I mean, they, they want to offend you. It's just like, oh, this character that's saying it, you're like, that guy's the worst. <laughs> but that, and, and that's how the issue ends. You're like, well, I, I don't, I, I don't want to see what's going to happen next. Cause it sounds like it's going to be terrible. But at the same time, you're like, well, I can't be that terrible. I'm going to have to see what's <laughs> that. There's no way none of this is going to happen. Like let, let, let's, I got to see what's next. So yeah, that that book is again unexpected and just so different than anything else out there that I I adore it and I'm glad it's back and I hope it goes for a long time. I hope it's another 50 plus issues, but we'll have to wait and see what they have planned here. I would imagine it's got a big enough fan base that they're going to keep clicking on that. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was when it was running, even it was one of the big ones. So when it ended, it was kind of shocking. And but it was a good run, right? You know, they 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 knocked out 50 issues, this writing and artist pair, and now they're back doing it again. So yeah, let's let's see. Hopefully it goes for a while. Phil, there's also Ghost Rider number one that we just read. Mm-hmm. Writer Benjamin Percy and artist Corey Smith on this one with a very familiar ghost rider, which is Johnny Blaze. But Phil, what's going on with him here? He's it's not not your typical setup. Um, no, he Johnny is he's, you know, living as a mechanic in Hayden's or working as a mechanic in a nice little town called uh, Hayden's Falls, if I remember correctly, married with two kids. Community loves him. You kind of follow him his day to day, and it turns out that he's he's having some pretty bad dreams that are going on, and he's, he's visiting a psychiatrist to work his way through these things, and the psychiatrist is prescribing him pills. Uh, you do find out that he is working for his wife's dad at the auto shop, but the psychiatrist is trying to talk him through all these terrible nightmares and visions that he's having with some some pretty wicked and demented looking creatures that are that are throughout the course of his sight lines. He was in a really bad motorcycle accident, bumped his head pretty bad to the point where he's got a really Awful. gnarly scar going yeah. past the back of his ear, which which eventually they kind of creep some things into that as well, where you see that there may in fact be a third eye in there that could be yeah. a little bit of a play on words or it's actually an actual thing where he's kind of seeing things coming from that. And every session that he ends, like the psychiatrist says, all right, Johnny, now remember, say it with me, monsters are not real or monsters do not exist. But Johnny keeps thinking, man, this is a little too messed up. Things get deep, hot, heavy. A stranger comes into town. And um, at that point, all hell breaks loose. No pun intended. Well, some pun intended. Yeah. And yeah, you find out that there's actually monsters all over this city and that maybe he's kind of being trapped inside of this little utopia that he's got going on to prevent everything else from happening. Yeah, very WandaVision in its mm-hmm. setup. I was surprised by that, but I was like, they needed to do something way different with Ghost Rider because they keep re- rebooting these books and it's always the same song and dance. Even if they give it the powers to a different character, it's like, all right, yeah, we've seen this story before. Guy but this that rides seems- a motorcycle, has leather, yeah. great, he's got chains, he's going to kick the hell out of some people, cool. And that's the same setup here, but the dressing around it is way different. The, yep. the, the backdrop is way different and I... I really liked it. I'll be back for issue two. How about most, you? Most definitely. Yeah. I When I was reading it at first, I just thought, again, stereotypical Ghost Rider reboot, guy on motorcycle, whatever. Oh, that's too bad. He was in an accident. Now he's he's not going to be able to do this stuff. And then like the pieces started to fall into place. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. Let's find out where this is going. And by the end of the first issue, I'm like, I'm back for issue two. The best issue number two of this week was Silver Surfer Rebirth. <laughs> Thanos snaps his finger. He snapped. 50% of the world or universe didn't die. Something else happened. Not as big as that, but it was cool seeing him snap. You, you kind of gasp. You're like, oh, what is he doing? What just happened? But again, this is Ron Lim, Ron Mars. Throwback to that series I was just talking about. You read this, Phil. I'm going to spoil this. There's there's a character that shows up at the end. Jack of Hearts. Yep. You were like, who the hell's that? Yeah, I like my Marvel. my Marvel knowledge isn't as deep as my DC knowledge. Yeah, so he is a character that has been around since 1976. Okay. First appeared in The Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, issue number 22. Do you own that? I've never read. No, I've never read Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, but it sounds cool. (laughs) His real name, so his superhero name is Jack of Hearts. But his real name, it's a stretch, is Jack Hart, which is super dumb. (laughs) I wonder if his middle name isn't like Owen or something, and they decided just to use that O and turn into of, and nobody will ever catch on. 
So he's the son of a scientist who creates this fluid called zero fluid. Obviously, it gets spilled on the kid. The kid develops superpowers from it. And his powers are he can shoot concussive blasts. He can fly. His brain can sense motion better than most people. He's smarter than the average bear. Uh, he can survive in space. That's, you know, he sounds pretty badass, right? Yeah. But he's dead. Wait, so he what? died. Yeah, he died. I don't know, decade ago, <laughs> something okay. like that. Yeah, he's been gone for a while. They've they've had him in kind of every once in a while, like some flashback stories or whatever. But yeah, he's long gone. So for him to show up in this book was was interesting, right? Thanos also apparently might be dead, although he's been in Eternals and a bunch of different books, kind of in an afterlife role. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. This is interesting. I like where this is going. The name of the book is Silver Surfer Rebirth. So I think there's something to it. What do you think, Phil? I spend a lot of my time, not necessarily confused as I was reading this book, but I don't, I was intrigued with the things that it did, especially when they started talking about the Infinity Gems and they were searching for them and where they all ended up. And they go back to, was that Thanos' homeworld, if I remember right, that they went back to? And they went back there and kind of like touched on some of the background stuff as he was searching. I'm intrigued. I'm going to keep going with it. I'm not going to give up because I've got a feeling there's going to be a huge payoff here because that rebirth name wouldn't be there just for the sake of selling comic books. Comic books, people would not do that to us. (laughs) So there's going to be something big here that's going to be universe changing. And I'm going to keep sticking with it to see how this all plays out. In the book that you sold me on, I went and bought five back (laughs) issues of it. Deathstroke Inc., Uh which I read the first issue of, and I was so appalled. (laughs) Uh, And I I read everything Deathstroke. I I think Deathstroke's one of the coolest characters out there. Yeah. He he fascinates me as as an assassin or, I don't know, vigilante, whatever you want to call him. Genuine grade A badass. Yeah, he's bold enough to wear bell bottoms in the color orange. Like, it's he's he's wild. Yeah. But it, it just felt like such a departure from who he is and, and what I've known from him that I was like, I can't read any more of this. And then you send me a text, a picture from a comic, the most recent issue that shows him just being the ultimate badass. And it's yep. like, OK, that one panel was enough for me to go out and buy these <laughs> issues. It's almost as though I know how to play your harp. Yeah. But then I start reading issue two again. And I'm like, I hate it so much. Unicorns it's like Deadpool now. Yeah. Or it's lighthearted, but at the same time, dark. I don't know. I don't know why I picked him up. I can't support things like this. It's, it's not right. Phil, are you I, enjoying it? Or are, you, are you getting anything out of it? Um, I'm getting more from this than I did out of Batman reptilian. That's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of enjoying it for the goofiness that it is. I mean, cause it all started off with him being enlisted by trust to go and try to start his own little little group and him and black canary went off on a quest together, which I kind of scratched my head and I'm like, what is going on here? Um, they get sent off to some other dimension and through the course of everything else that happens, Deathstroke becomes King and (laughs) has restarting the secret society of supervillains and has now just become like the ultimate leader of all supervillains. So there could be some kind of a payoff to this as well. It might be a little bit goofy, like you said, a little bit Deadpool-y, but not quite as uh, fourth dimension breaking. But I do get at least one to two chuckles out of it every issue, if it not for something like Deathstroke randomly shooting somebody in the head, being just something stupid of him riding a unicorn carrying a sword saying, follow me, I know the way type of a thing. I enjoy it. I'm going to keep running with it because it is goofy and it's stupid, but I really, really like it at the same time. 
I'm not going to fall for your tricks. I'm not, I'm not buying another one. Okay. I'm, um, I, I'm it, out. <laughs> when issue eight happens, I'll send you another panel and you're going to be like, fine, I'll do I it know. seven and eight. <laughs> My favorite book of the week, by the way, was Dark Ages number five. This is written oh, yeah. by Tom Taylor. Oh my gosh. The new version of Miles Morales in this, this is like an alternate reality, end of days, all the power goes out. There's like an alien entity that's blows up Earth's core or something. I don't know. Wild setup for the apocalypse here. Apocalypse is a part of this, by the way, the character. Mm-hmm. It's basically like the last of the heroes trying to save what's left of Earth. They're dying left and right. You know, they're trying to have funerals and then someone else dies during the funeral. It's like, bah, what are we going to do here? It is so well done. And I think the thing that I love about Tom Taylor in this this story is he's telling a very dark superhero story in the Marvel Universe, but he's not turning it on its head in any way. He's keeping to the keeping true to all the characters and what they do and who they are, but he's finding a dark through line through all of it. And I, I just think that's really well done. Usually when you see dark stories, they're not very true to those characters anymore, right? Like they, they got to twist what it is. But Spider Man's still Spider Man. Mister Fantastic's still Mister Fantastic, right? Like it, it still feels like you're reading these character books later in their life in a very dire situation. But at the same time, it feels different and unique, and and I just adore it. I, I think it's one of the best finite series that that Marvel's had in a while. Mm-hmm. And as you were saying, even with these different characters, they kind of assume different roles, even though their personalities are kind of the same. Um, they still have all their traditional powers and are still doing most of their traditional stuff, but you can tell that they've they've adapted to the surroundings as far as they needed to for survival, which I think has been it's been unique to watch it play out that way. Yeah, like Tony Stark. What is Tony Stark without power? Yeah. without electricity. How does he become Iron Man in that moment? How do these characters have to band together to create teams now? Even the team dynamics are different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even just like the universal traversal, like how they keep using storm to create winds to blow their boats because the entire world is so messed up that, that normal is not normal. So they're having to use themselves in ways that they normally don't to make things work. It, it's a really well-written comic, and I enjoy the hell out of this premise. And we only got one left, Phil. So Is it really only six issues? Six issues, it's done. So a trade will be coming soon. Your comic shops may have one through five if you want to get the back issues. I'm not steering you wrong here. This is this is one book that you could read probably, you know, in a weekend and just be like, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Something else that's awesome. Fortnite. <laughs> Jesus. One of my favorite games going there. How right did now. you just know? Yeah, that was a good segue. No, that was. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just almost rage quit a podcast. <laughs> one of my favorite games right now has infiltrated the comic book world. We had two series, or I guess one series of Fortnite crossing over with DC, and then they did a one-shot of Fortnite and DC together, both really focused on Batman. Now we're getting Fortnite cross Marvel called in a new story called Zero War launching this June. It's going to be Spider-Man, Shuri, Iron Man, and Wolverine. I, uh, as a Fortnite player, I missed out on the Wolverine and Iron Man skins when they were a part of the battle pass, which means they won't come back in the item shop. But seeing that they're in this comic and the comics, when you buy them, you get a digital code for new cosmetics, which is very cool, right? They come polybagged. You get a little uh, code you enter into your Epic game store. And then it adds like 
when you did the DC ones, it gave you a new Batman skin. It gave you a new Harley Quinn skin, Bat Glider, all that kind of stuff. I'm guessing that we're going to get new skins for Iron Man and Wolverine and Spider-Man here, which is really exciting. You don't sound excited, Phil. I had to turn my microphone off as you were rambling to keep people from listening to me just profanely muttering to myself about all the nonsense that you were spewing. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be thing- awesome. You get free skins. <sighs> oh, I'm all about free skins, but... Eh. The one thing that I will say is when they did the Batman Fortnite crossover, it did drive a lot of business into, into local comic shops mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. all the kids wanted their Fortnite skins. I would stand there in the comic shop that you and I go to every Wednesday and listen to the phone ring 10 times throughout the course of my conversation with either Eric or Neil. And it was nothing but calls about, do you guys have Batman Fortnite? Do you guys have Batman Fortnite? Are they going to re-release more books because the first one sold out in 62 seconds because there's these people here that are sniping these things and selling them on eBay for $250 for a stupid Fortnite skin. <laughs> it's just awesome. No, it's ridiculous. So you I get mean, the... You get to relive all of that, all of that fun this June with the launch of Fortnite cross Marvel Zero War. I didn't start playing when they added a Batman skin. I did not start playing when they added a Daredevil skin. Fortnite Epic, if you guys want me to play, give me a Harvey Dent or a Rachel Ghoul skin and I will play your dumb game to collect those skins. Do you hear that, Donald Mustard? Make it happen. Bring Phil into the, the fold here because it's so much fun. Phil, let's move on to next week's books. Uh, Can I interrupt you for a second since you want to talk Mm -hmm. about things that are super cool that you enjoy? Yeah, go for it. I would just like to say that Chip Zdarsky, one of my favorite authors that's currently going, that writes Mm -hmm. crime stuff like nobody's business, recently announced on Twitter that he is taking over the helm of Batman. That's huge. I am giddy. I cannot wait to read Zdarsky's Batman and Zdarsky's Daredevil. At the same time, not intertwining. But man, do I love the fact that he's taking over this. We went from James Tynan writing Batman slash Detective to Chip Zdarsky doing this stuff. If they throw Donny Cates in the mix when Zdarsky's run is done, (laughs) I might not live through this entire thing. I almost wish, I will say, I almost wish that that Zdarsky was doing Detective instead because he does do the crime-based stuff so, so well. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe it'll have shades of long Halloween. Yep. I don't think you want Donny Cates on Batman. I don't know if that's a fit. I like the idea of darker crime, not epic. That's Donnie's all about epic. I could see him doing a really good race run, though. Yeah, I but just, they've I already just done that a handful it, of times. He'd bring in all dark the bad side. characters together. Yeah, it would just get really cosmic and crazy. And yeah, keep keep doing your Marvel stuff, Donnie. We don't want we don't want to give you any ideas. Yeah, you're doing you're doing great work over there. Stay over there. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, next week's books. We, again, have our weekly runs of Detective Comics. Looks like we got a little Harley Quinn in this issue. Ooh. Amazing Spider-Man, number 92. Thor's back, number 23. That was a quick turnaround. Yeah, his new costume, gold on the cover. Hmm. Devil's Reign, five of number six. That's coming mm. to a close here. Yeah. Venom number six. I think this is might be one of the last issues. That was quick as well. Yeah, because we're going to get a new number one. The Joker, number 13. Mm-hmm. Superman, Son of Kal-El, number nine. Spawn, 327. Looks like Violator is back. I haven't read it. I don't know if he's ever left, but he's on the cover. <laughs> X-Lives of Wolverine, number four. Oh, 
oh, this is the worst week. It's X Lives of Wolverine number four and X Deaths of Wolverine number four. Oh, you're going to be up to your nose in Wolverine action. Yeah. I think there's only five issues in both, though. Hmm. Almost there. Almost said that finish line. <laughs> Eternals number 10. Ooh. Strange Academy number 17. Batman Urban Legends 13. Batgirls number four. Hmm. Punisher number one. Ding, ding, oh, ding. We shucks. got to buy it. Oh, here's a crossover I didn't expect. Devil's Reign, Moon Knight, number one. Yeah. Sabretooth, number two. X-Men Legends, number 12. I Am Batman, number seven. Star Wars Crimson Reign, number three. That's been kind of fun. Well, let's talk about it next week. Okay. Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, number five. Spider-Gwen, Gwenverse, number one. Hmm. Ding, ding, ding. Gotta buy it. Future State Gotham number 11. Future State, jeez. How is it. that still going? <laughs> oh, no. Devil's Reign Superior 4 number 3. Sweet. So Phil snuck that into my pull box at my comic shop. <laughs> and he bought it for me, so I couldn't like just put it back on the rack. <sighs> <laughs> Titans United number 7. Captain Carter number 1. Ding, ding, ding. She's in the cap gear. She's got the shield. How many number ones a week is Marvel going to force upon us? Enough. King of Spies, number four. Little Monsters, number one from Image. Looks pretty good. It's horror themed. I'll get that. Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes, number two. Nubia and the Amazons, number six. Mighty Morphin, number 17. Seven Secrets, number 15. Han Solo and Chewbacca, number one. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, no. Radiant Red, number one. Ding, ding, ding. That yep. is a Radiant Black crossover new series. In the what I believe Kyle Higgins is calling the Radiant Verse. Yeah, he's really expanding that. Every color pretty soon. Radiant yep. Green, you name it. There's a pink, a black, and a red. That dumb uh, Star Wars Hotel Galactic Star Cruiser comic, number two's coming. What the hell is that? It's called uh, Halcyon Legacy or something. I don't oh, know. Oh, okay. I thought it was actually called Galactic Star Cruiser, and I was like, "That how would I miss it such a thing? Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Halcyon Legacy, number two. Huh. Superman versus Lobo, number three. Icon and Rocket, season one, number six. Women of Marvel, number one. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, this is huge. Naomi, season two, number one. Ding, 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 from DC. That is Brian Michael Bendis. The first oh, yeah. one was fantastic. And it's going to be a TV show. G.I. Joe, a real American hero, 290. Monkey Meat, number three. I've been buying that. Red Room, Trigger Warnings, number one. What the heck is that? Hmm. Staying away from that. Ant from Eric Larson, number three. Oh, spawn in it. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I'm buying that. I don't, I don't know why, but it looks awesome. Uh, and that is oh, Sonic the Hedgehog. There's a lot of books here, Phil. It's going to be a big week. Great. Yeah, it's looking like 15 books for me. That sounds about right. So probably 20-ish for me. I will say when you were like, here's a big one, I thought for sure you were going to give me some Transformers line. No, no Transformers this week, unfortunately. Dang it. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, that's, that's, oh, Life is Strange, number four. Ooh. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, thanks again, everyone, for listening to us ramble about comic books. Hopefully, hopefully you're, you're getting something out of it. Drop us a line. I'm at Andrew underscore Reiner on Twitter. 
Phil, I'm you're at, at Behoff23. Be now, not Hoff. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's short for Bored Now for those of you that have, might have played a video game with me once or twice. Yeah, Bored Now 23 or Be Now 23. And uh, yeah, I'm at Andrew underscore Reiner. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back in seven short days with another episode. See you then, everyone. Take care.